Hello, friends, and welcome back. Oh, it's so cheesy. So cheesy, I love it. <laughs> it's genuinely like super cheesy, but I feel like we have to keep going with it now. We do, but you know, I'm not going to let you continue to do the introductions if you don't conti- if you keep continuing to do them incorrectly. Why am I doing? Oh, okay. For the girls, gays, theys, and anyone who wants to bloody listen, welcome back to the podcast. Yay! There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> how how was your week? Um. I'm trying to remember what I did. We did quite a lot this week. We hung out. We, we hung did, out we twice. Did. We IRL. did. I um, took Emily for a drive in my whip. Yeah. Um, my Ford Fusion. Yep. Baller. Very exciting. Um, we went out for dinner. That was lovely. Then we did a little drive. We did a little bit of trespassing. We did a little bit of trespassing on a old like it's just it's private like a- estate like a. Almost like a tower castle thing anyway. Beautiful. And then we went out for dinner with our two friends who have babies and yeah. another one on the way on Saturday. It was lovely. It was lovely. It was very good. Lovely weather for it as well. Beautiful weather for it. Can't say the same about it now because I'm absolutely freezing my chebs off. Me too. Do you know what? I had this scene today where I woke up and I was like, all right, every day this week I'm going to actually just like put clothes on instead mm. of just wearing my Udi all the time. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. put clothes on to try and like... Com- like psychologically trick myself that I'm not depressed yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've got a pair of dungarees now which is love like my shit. amazing development of uh, the week I love them because it kind of makes you feel like you're dressing but you're not really dressing yeah like like I when I met up with you on Saturday I mm. the first thing I said to you was I don't like wearing jeans anymore no they're horrible oh, but dungarees are like really good because they're a bit roomy yeah so you feel like but anyway i was i've been sat here wearing them and i had to put the udi back on over the top of them because yeah, i'm too I'm cold. cold do you know what i had to do them this is so boring but the other day Go i was on. i was sitting in bed and i was like right i'm too hot too warm to wear joggers right but i'm too cold to be sat here in underwear Okay. So I bought lounge pants. I love lounge pants. Love a lounge. It's like a jersey pant. Yeah, like, oh, I love that for you. Gorgeous. I'm loving these. Beautiful. Um. So, in terms of like just things that we've been up to this week, I am current. I am currently. You know, I'm behind the curve. I know. But I'm obsessed with um, Willow Smith and the anxieties. <laughs> Mm, kind of vibe. Why are you coming for the road? Maybe oh we can God. hit the four or five. Oh Jesus! Oh. Imagine if that's if it's somebody's first time listening to this podcast, and they're like, "Oh, dolphin first That sounds interesting. What they like get you listening to him singing um, Willow Smith. singing Willow Smith talking about my lounge pants. <laughs> Love it. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with it. Meet me at a spot. It, honestly, if no one has listened to it. Go on YouTube. Mate, listen. everybody's listened to it. You I know, know they really Don't get me wrong. I listened to it in TikToks like six months ago, but now I'm like really, I caught the vibe for that song. Nice. Nice. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, also, yeah, it is a bit of a bop. It's 100% bop. Yeah. And we all know that Willow can bring the bops because back in the day she was whipping her hair back and forth. That was a bop. Absolute bop. Truly, truly bop. Um, think, speaking of back in the day, guess what I've discovered is now on Amazon Prime. Go on. Hit me with it. The entirety of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh. Oh, what's that response? I just, oh, I just, uh, I thought it was, always thought it was a bit overrated. Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Yeah. No, you're full. You're an I thought, no, but I always thought, the only good thing about that was the aunts and the cat, right? Well, Sabrina. Absolutely. Sabrina's bull. Like, yeah, Sabrina, I, I could leave her behind. Sabrina can do one, but it's all yeah. about Aunt Hilda, Queen, yeah. Queen. Yeah. 
So I'm re-watching that at the moment and I'm thoroughly enjoying every moment of it. I... I made a tweet yesterday that made me laugh, but I only got one like. And uh, it, I said, um, everyone else is watching Squid Game and I'm just here watching Nicocado Avocado's new videos about his cracked ribs. Okay, <laughs> um, no. That's all I've been watching. I don't know why. It's like I literally put it on to lull myself to sleep. What? It's like Nicocado Avocado. I don't know what's wrong with me. You put him on to lull yourself to well, sleep. Well, because he makes like hour long videos and I, I have yeah, to but have it's like just hour long vi- long videos of him stuffing his face. Yeah, and now, well, because now there's a big controversy because now he's said that he's disabled, quote unquote. I mean, he's not disabled. He's got a cracked rib right. and he had to like lay in bed for a week. Right. but like it became this big thing and then everybody started criticizing him saying oh he's eating himself to death blah blah it's like yeah he's been doing that for like ages he's been and he does it for clout so speaking of um online controversy oh, tiktok has been flooded this week with discussion of jesse nelson of oh god yeah. uh, oh my god little mix i texted you this and i was like oh, she's mixed race right like she's biracial i was like no mate she is a white girl from essex Oh, it's mad. I literally thought she was biracial. No. I literally thought she was biracial. If anyone doesn't know, there's a British band called Little Mix. They're really good. Uh, and one of the girls... Debatable. I, I like Little Mix. The gays <laughs> love them. Um, one of the girls, Jessie Nelson, has gone solo. And mm. the music video, she basically looks black. She does. She and does. She, and it's like, she. the song is a rip-off. Well, it's like a remix kind of sampling but- of... Bad, Bad boys. boys, yeah, by mm. uh, P Diddy. And she released that under Puff Daddy. Probably Puff Daddy. Yeah. Um, but she's singing about I'm a bit, I like bear boys. For like, and she's singing about yeah. boys being hood, and it's, and it's like, yeah. honey, you're from yeah. Essex. Yeah. Hood. It kind of throws that you know the her famous quote where she goes like Malin, Malin, kind of paints that in a new light, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean she's she's been accused of blackfishing for a long time, but I I don't want to get into abusing her and stuff because i know she suffered a hell of a lot of uh, online abuse for her yeah, looks not, but, but that's the deal yeah not it's not abuse it's it's criticism it's, isn't it there's crit- a difference there's there's difference she she basically she's got like wigs she's got like bray it's it, it's not cute they literally that and that's the thing i thought when i watched it and i sent you those voice messages and i was like there's so many people working on that did not did not one of them think like oh my god no i mean like but then, then I had that realization while I was yeah. halfway through the voice, and I'm going, "Oh, oh, it's it's for it's money, isn't marketing. it? Clicks, it's, it's marketing. clicks, it's yeah." Marketing. And, and it's like even if people are chatting shit about you, they're still talking about you. All press is good press. Oh, it couldn't be me. No, Could me not either. Be me. Speaking of problematic people, Go on. Um, Madonna released her mad ass on a chat show. Madonna always releases her ass. <laughs> Come on, she paid good money for that ass. Let's be real. That's true. Um, no, she released her Madame X tour theatre experience this week. Wonderful. Oh my God, it was great. I saw it three times in real life. Saw Sounds it, amazing. I saw it in Lisbon and then I saw it twice in London. And if anyone, ha- you know, I, I watched it with my mum. My mum was like, I'll watch it with you. I, I used right. to love Madonna. Right. She tapped out 20 minutes in. She was like, I don't understand what's happening. I'm leaving. I, I was like... I don't understand. I was like... I love she, that. She was like, well, I don't... to not understand? She was like, I don't get it. What, why is she doing all this acting? I was like, mum, it's a, it's it's a, a show. show. She's like, yes, but she's like fighting people and, and they're, all the stairs keep moving. I don't quite understand what's happening. And I was like, 
just 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 leave mum it's fine yeah just just just, just leave just tap out just see you later <laughs> but um nothing else has really been happening this week news wise it's quite a quiet week really on the celeb oh no farm. big well big news story happened today prince andrew um oh, yeah. will not be being investigated or like charged with anything in relation to um how do I say it? Allegedly. Yeah. It's the uh, allegations assaulting against him. Virginia Gaffray. Surprise, um, surprise. Yeah, what a surprise. I mean, what, what an absolute surprise it's, that was. It's not shocking to anyone no. who knows about the monarchy. The thing that's mad to me, though, is there's literally photographic evidence of them together. No, because he was in a Pizza Express in, in a Woking. Woking. Yeah. So. Yeah. And he, you know, with his inability to sweat. And then they put uh, that made me laugh when he did the interview. And then all the all the fucking as much as I hate the media, then they all literally just post uh, put loads of pictures of him just sweating his tits off. And it's Mate, like, so we can sweat. Look, I'm sorry. What? I know it's alleged. What? But Mum's a pedophile, and keep it in. Okay, um, that's <laughs> you know. I mean, see me. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. What are if they going to knock... do? What are they going to do? Shoot me? Exactly. Catch me first? But if you're knocking about with Jeffrey Epstein, who had already been, he'd already been like indicted. I think he'd maybe even gone to jail at that point, or there'd been some criminal thing in regards to like him being a fucking pedophile. Yeah. And then Prince Andrew's still hanging about with him. Nah. At the, nah, at, at, not having that. It's at the very least, it's sus. Mate, that's a bit more than sus. Okay, it's very. If yeah, you yeah, if yeah. you had somebody that you knew and and they that happened yeah, and they were like, oh, they're a paedophile. Would you go? Would you go hang out and stay in their New York apartment? Absolutely not. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's not baffling. It's not baffling if you're also a paedophile. Very true. We were having this conversation, weren't we, about how like about um, rich people. Mm. And how they're all cunts, um, <laughs> uh, but like, and then we, and then we had, and then I was like, ha- actually, because then our, our friend Laura was like, but some people can rich people are nice. I'm like, I think there's a difference between being born into money and earning money. I think there's just I don't I I I don't know. I've got I don't know. I can't formulate an opinion on the spot or like a a a. a something that makes sense enough to put out on a podcast i just think you know you're either a you're either a nice person yeah with a good soul yeah or you're not <laughs> but no 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 yeah no totally but what i'm saying is if if you're born into the middle or upper class generally through years and years you've got no idea what it's like i've got no yeah exactly yeah. i mean but then through years and years of racism and sexism and homophobia Mm. and just Mm. being a general Mm. and classism and being a general Mm. prick Mm. you're kind of born into that you know what i mean well you got yeah and you have you have zero idea about like life outside of your own privilege no unless unless you're like i don't know angelina jolie well i don't know i know a lot of champagne socialists who've got like you know the heart's in the right place but you know like (laughs) yeah it's like you know they they're very much like leftists and whatever and you know but are also like super super privileged i think that you can still be super super privileged and still have you know like good um morals i mean mean, personally i've never met someone who was born into money that wasn't a dick see i've got a couple of friends i actually have a couple of friends who are like 
quite well off who I would say hold on when you say quite well off what do you mean do you mean middle class no I mean like quite well off right okay and they were born well off yes they were born into money yes see I think not like I'm not talking like royal family level but I'm talking like you know a couple of houses level right okay like that kind of thing I mean there's a difference between being super rich and being comfortable yeah I mean, I'm God. Talk- when I'm saying rich people Dial are cunts, P for politics. Sorry, when I'm saying rich people are cunts, I mean fucking the royal family. I mean Jeff Bezos. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not talking about your, you know, uh, Tallulah who owns two houses and what shops only Tallulah. shops at, only shops at Ocado. You know, listen, all right, I'm working class as they come, and I only shop at fucking Ocado. They do good chickpeas on there. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm. <laughs> you can get some quite good discounts at Ocado as well, can't you? I, well, no, you yeah. can at Waitrose though. So. Yeah, true. Anyway, um, anyway, <laughs> I <laughs> just moving on. So, um, we mentioned last week our Ko-Fi page yes. is now now up and running that's mm-hmm. ko-fi.com i believe mm-hmm. forward slash dial femme for murder uh-huh. um when people donate we're going to give them a shout out on the show indeed um so we got a lovely donation from stephanie who bought us a coffee thanks stephanie thanks you so much stephanie and yeah thanks you thanks you stephanie sorry (laughs) thanks you um (laughs) see maybe if i was rich i would be educated better and i'd be able to talk properly who knows (laughs) that's true um but thank you very much stephanie we really appreciate that um we do appreciate it thank you so much if anyone wants to you know donate or whatever buy us a coffee then just go to co-fi.com forward slash dial them for murder the link is in all the bios all that jazz if and you feel like it go for it if you don't fuck you no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> um also last week i mentioned that i was chatting to someone on instagram their name is david lopez just wanted to give them a shout out we've Thanks, still been david. having a cheeky chatty woo lovely guy um nice. lovely wedding dresses as well nice um him and his friend make so yeah i just thought give him a little shout out oh, happy days happy days so yeah that's me all right so um to begin with obviously um we decided to uh focus well highlight a missing persons case at the beginning of each podcast um mm-hmm. today i was reading about um a man called uh antonino coppola who was last seen on September the 16th in uh, Bow Road Station in London. Right, okay. Um, so this is like this is in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. He is an Italian national. He's 23 years old. He um, said that he felt unwell. Was the last time that he saw like his friend. He said that he felt unwell. He left his luggage with a friend. They said that it was extremely out of character mm. for him to go missing. Um, he's six foot tall, he is slim build, um, and he was wearing a white t-shirt, black trousers and orange Nike trainers when he was last seen. Um, if there is any information, then you can call um, police via 101, and the reference is 21MIS028497, and we'll put it up on Instagram as well with a picture. Absolutely, absolutely. Today's case is absolutely mental is it wild it's absolutely wild so much so that it's a two-part yeah you've literally been messaging me all week being like this is gonna have to be a two-part i know you hate two-parters and i'm like (laughs) i do hate two-parts but 
you know, you've got to keep on coming back for more. Um, you I... just, all week you've been like, this case is crazy. This is the craziest case I've ever heard of. This is like, excited. I personally think that this case is more, um, how do I word this? It's more insane right. in terms of like, how the hell did this happen? And like, and, and all the intricate layers of it mm. um, than like, Laurie Vallow and Chad Daybell. Yeah, because that was... Which... Yeah. And I honestly, from, like, looking into this case, Mm. it's really surprising because it it never really um, kind of moved outside of South Africa in terms of, like, being on the news. Right, okay. So it's a South African case. It is the Krugersdorp killings. And uh, the majority of the information I got... Well, pretty much all of the information I got for these two episodes was from the Showtime documentary Devil's Dorp. Mm-hmm. Showtime's like this South African Netflix thing. Um, oh, is it not like American Showtime? No, it's um, South African. And okay. yeah, I just had to sign up for a trial for it. But oh. my God, like go and sign up for a trial and watch this documentary because it is one of the best true crimes documentary documentaries I've ever seen. Oh, really? It's like better than anything I've ever seen on Netflix. Really? Honest to God. Well, the South Africans know how to make a good documentary. Oh my God, I knew that that was coming. Sorry, I can't help it. I'm just an accent queen. <laughs> you truly are. And also, this... like, one of our friends is South African and she Indeed. doesn't talk like that. And I hope that she listens to this podcast. So do I. Um. So this case obviously takes place in South Africa and it is very... It's intense. Mm. Um. I'm not going to do, like... We tr- obviously, we try not to talk about, like the intricate details but there are some details in here um about how people were murdered i've tried to keep it as um very like top level as possible but there is a bit of little bit of detail um, so to begin with, I want to paint a picture of Krugersdorp and South Africa in general. And I also want to talk about Satanic Panic, which mm-hmm. is one of the big things in this case. So a lot of our listeners will probably be familiar with Satanic Panic. Um, it was a kind of, I say was, it hasn't really gone anywhere, no. um, kind of mass hysteria that took place in the 80s and 90s. And little self-plug i do have an entire youtube video on it um, you do. if you're interested in more of the data you can go to my youtube channel and watch it at weird reads with emily louise you've got to shout it out mate. Indeed, indeed indeed and i've got a new video coming out this week on bohemian Grove. all right calm down of. don't calm down don't go too far <laughs> it's the best video i've ever made so far okay. anyway so South Africa was not immune from the satanic panic that spread in the late 80s and the early 90s. And the police in South Africa actually had a department that investigated so-called occult-related crimes. Oh, really? and the he- Yeah, and the head of this unit was a guy named Kobus Yonka, right. who was a born-again Christian. So, obviously, I no religious... My, I rolled my eyes. No yeah, one can no, hear, but, you know... No religious bias going no. on there at all. No. Just put a born-again Christian as the head of an occult-related crime unit. What the hell? What's going to happen? Sounds like a great idea. I know, right? Um, obviously, there is also a big kind of racism element. Yeah. Um, at play here and I, I have to stress that the South African police service mm. still has an occult crimes unit to this day so really? in terms of yeah it's really wild so mm. in terms of like the racism element obviously of South Africa apartheid we mm-hmm. all know about that Um, but it's interesting because a lot of white people in South Africa not all of them but a lot are known to be very religious mm. and they lean towards 
more kind of right-wing fundamentalism. Okay. Um, and apartheid was basically justified and promoted by a lot of the white-run churches in uh, South Africa, such as the Dutch Reformed Church. Right. And um, they had, like, a really strong influence over politics. It's kind of like in the 80s in the US, to give a US example, with, like, Ronald Reagan and the moral majority and Jerry Falwell Mm -hmm. and all of, like, the fundamentalist preachers. Yeah. Um, And to actually work on the occult crimes unit, you have to be Christian. You have to be? Yeah. Which is... That's crazy. Mad. And it's really interesting, like, in the documentary, they talk about apartheid South Africa and how racism worked um, hand in hand with the fear of both communists and Satanists. Mm. So it's kind of this idea of, like, and I say this in air quotes, like, white Christian values being under threat. And obviously that goes back to the Dutch colonisation of Mm -hmm. South Africa. It's like white people invading, literally invading. Literally, yeah. Demonising and criminalising native people and their spiritual practices. It's, I mean, similar things happened in, uh, well, I say similar things, the exact same thing happened in America, didn't it? Mm. When the English settlers and the Roanoke stuff and it's just, yeah. So South African schools um, aren't actually supposed to be religious or affiliated with any religion. But according to a According to a blog that I found, um, and this is a direct quote, this is easy to ignore when the school-going populace and their parents are as homogenous as only white Africana Christians can be. Mm. So in the documentary, they talk about how in bigger cities in South Africa, the focus on occultism and satanic crimes has kind of petered out a little with yeah. like socio-economic changes. Like it is, it is slowly changing. But yeah. In rural towns, it's still used and people are still fixated on the idea of, like, satanic crimes. Mm. And the documentary paints a really interesting portrait of um, the city of Krugersdorp, which is, um, I'll go into, like, where it is in a minute, um, as this kind of place where the idea of satanic crimes could thrive there. There's a really sharp distinction from the haves and the have-nots, and the haves have complete control. Right, okay. It's kind of a place where religion thrives as Mm. well because it gives people meaning, okay? So obviously in a world where the disparity between rich and poor is really, really striking, it gives people an element of escapism and, like, it also kind of, like, imbues your life with a sense of something extraordinary. Yeah, some people just need something to to believe in, you know? Yeah, and it's kind of like those socioeconomic factors that we talked about that make people like prone to coercive control like when mm. we were talking about Scientology as well like all, all of these things kind of play a part yeah. in why people join all manner of religions mm-hmm. so Krugersdorp is a mining city within the rest West Rand in South Africa um, mm-hmm. which is like kind of just outside Johannesburg or it's kind of I, the geography is weird I think it's like part of Johannesburg but it's I think in like a UK term, it'd be like you know satellite towns in Manchester. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like that. Kind of like what's um, it? What's it? Um, uh, Salford. Is it Salford? Yeah. Yeah. Or like in LA where you've got like Los Angeles and then you've got like Crenshaw yeah. and like place and like Burbank and places like that. Calabasas. Yeah. Although this is definitely not Not Calabasas. Calabasas, yeah. The distinction between rich and poor is like super noticeable in mm. Krugersdorp. Um, yeah. And in the early 2000s, a lot of allegations of satanic criminal activity hit the headlines and a lot of it was coming out of the West Rand. Yeah. Now, in the documentary, 
they talk about how like people would find occult artifacts like right. in the they'd be like oh we found the, the dead cat in the river that's been killed by a, say, a satanic cult and all this kind of stuff mm. and it begins to like permeate the psyche of the people that live there yeah. now in august 2008 a teenager named morn went into his school in Krugersdorp and murdered a 16-year-old named Jacques with a samurai sword. Um, mm-hmm. And Morn was a fan of Slipknot, and right. he addressed like Joey Jordison. Okay. Um, and he also claimed that Satan had made him do it. And when the police searched his room, they found, again, air quotes, satanic artefacts that were like, basically the normal things that you'd have as a teenager back then. Like, I was really into Wicca. And yeah, I me had, too. A ton of pentacle necklaces. Oh my god! Yeah, definitely. I had a fucking a book for teenage witches. All that shit. Like. Yeah, I've got had a book of shadows with spells yeah. in it. But obviously, I never murdered anyone. I um, mean, any anyone who would identify as a teenage emo or goth, basically, yeah. this is what he was. I'm guessing. Yeah, 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 but obviously, very like unwell as well to yeah, do something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but obviously, like he the the things in his room don't denote motive but to the media obviously yeah, exactly. they lost their shit yeah. it's all down to devil worship and okay. slipknot as well yeah. like slipknot yeah. was ba- blamed for it i mean slipknot this... a shit but it's got nothing to do with it <gasps> how dare you no way slipknot are great i i used to really dislike slipknot and i've started to like them a lot more as i've gotten older it's kind of oh. like the same with that and kid rock don't ask Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, so this case really shook up people in the West Rand and in Krugersdorp, and it pushed this idea of Satanism and devil worship being connected to criminal activity onto people's minds. And people started engaging in mass hysteria, and they were doing things like burning Harry Potter books, oh uh, things connected to the cult, the occult. And that's like how mass hysteria works, right? Like it spreads like wildfire and all of a sudden people are doing just fucking ridiculous things. I mean, look at the Salem witch trials. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So this hysteria gave way to um, Rhea Grunewald and her ministry, The Overcomers Through Christ, that she started in 2006. Now, she gave talks at different churches and she even went into schools and she was basically preaching about the dangers of Satanism. Like, she was very religious, but her um, preachings were focused on, like, the occult, right, and how to spot the occult uh, and all that kind of stuff. And her friend described her as very loving and wanting to be a support for people that had been negatively affected by Satanism. Right. Um, And I think it's important to point out that Satanism is such like a weird catch-all term and that really like people that class themselves as Satanists don't actually worship the devil or Satan. It's more like atheism. Yeah. It's like a, I don't know what the word is, but it's like a non-theistic religion yeah um it's, it just yeah it's people when people hear the word satanism they assume that people draw a pentagram and they pray to the devil like and that's just yeah or they or it's it, it goes back to stuff in the bible with like moloch this got this like false idol that people would sacrifice their children to and it was like the yeah. horned whatever it's all yeah. mad stuff um so ria actually took trauma counseling lessons to supposedly help victims of satanic ritual abuse and again, I do want to point out here that the idea of widespread satanic ritual abuse has been debunked over and over again. And it has links to like repressed memories, mm. which I do think like repressed memories is a thing, mm. but it's also a practice that can be really abused. Yeah. 
Um, so Rhea's helping people deal with the trauma of being involved in satanic abuse and she gets a call from a woman who needs urgent help escaping the satanic church and her name was Cecilia and Cecilia claimed to be a 42nd generational satanic witch and also the bride of Satan as you do as you do. Um, she also allegedly had hundreds of different personalities with different names, including that of a three-year-old child named Anja. Um, Ria allegedly said that she believed the Lord, so God, had made it so that Cecilia had crossed her path. And Cecilia said that the satanic church wouldn't allow her to leave because she was like so high in the ranks. She just couldn't get out. Rhea believed that this satanic church was so powerful that her phone was being tapped and like they were keeping proper tabs on her. And that if Cecilia went past a 30 kilometre radius of her residence, that death curses would be activated against her. Um, even those that gave Rhea training in how to handle satanic ritual abuse cases began to get really fearful at how she was handling it and some of Cecilia's claims. And Rhea basically thought that she was under the guidance of God and that she could handle it. It's like, Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. God's got me. So in the documentary, a clinical psychologist talks about how Cecilia reaching out to Rhea was basically a confirmation of everything that Rhea believed in about Satanism and satanic ritual abuse and cults. And it's kind of reinforcing this belief to her over and over again. And Rhea ends up creating her own series of courses on satanic ritual abuse called Know Your Enemy, which was all kind of based on Cecilia's life story as the 42nd generational satanic witch Mm -hmm. and Cecilia would show up when Rhea was teaching the courses as this kind of real life proof that yeah she's here and that you can actually escape satanism and that she's trying to come out of it and like she knows all this stuff about satan yeah and Rhea has such a strong belief in this and Cecilia that she's literally believing every word that's coming out of Cecilia's mouth. Mm. She's gone like hook, line and sinker for this. Yeah. And that's the really harrowing thing, I think, in terms of like mass hysteria and blind belief is that you lose sight of critical thinking and your ability to rationalise what you're being told yeah. to the point that like anyone off the street could come up to you and tell you a story and if it reinforces your pre-existing belief system, you're going to fall for it immediately. Mm-hmm. Mad. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people showed up for Rhea's courses, including Michaela and Zach Valentine, who were a married couple, and Marinda Stein. And Marinda Stein was a teacher, and Rhea had previously done a speaking event at the school that Marinda worked at. And Marinda would bring her two children, LaRue and Marcel, to see Rhea talk. Now, Michaela was described by her mum as having a spontaneous and easygoing personality. Her mum describes her as a party waiting to happen. Mm. But Michaela also had a bit of a troubled past. She was a survivor of sexual assault. She had drug addiction issues, but she turned to Christianity and kind of like found God as a way to get through that time in her life. And she went to Bible college. She was really religious and she met a man named Zach, Zach Valentine, and they got married. And... Her mum said that Cecilia taught both Michaela and Zach about the spirit, how the spirit realm worked and what Satanists did. And her mum was also religious, but 
her mum basically said like Michaela you don't need to know about all this dark stuff like you're you, all this stuff is like too dark it's you know you need to kind of like move away from this yeah um and Michaela would say that they would um they have to pray for Cecilia and Cecilia knows how the darkness works we need to pray for her we need to protect her yeah and because Cecilia was telling people about um these secrets from the satanic church she's obviously gone to Rhea and started you know talking yeah. um that made her a target to the satanists and cecilia needed to be watched over at all times now because it's like the satanists are going to come in and get her yeah and one of the people that looked after cecilia was um marinda and uh ria was there as well michaela was there zach they kind of created this circle mm. around her yeah, yeah, yeah so cecilia lived opposite the the hospital in krugersdorp allegedly um because if the satanist attacks her then she would need to be close to a hospital and ria also lived um in like really they live really close to each other mm. um and ria and the others would pray around uh, cecilia on certain nights because cecilia had told them that on certain nights the ones that she called high nights the satanic church would try to attack her through rituals and human sacrifice and her body would be in the room but her soul would be out of her body so like, they weren't like physically attacking her they were attacking her soul okay mm -hmm. right fine okay psychically attacking her and there's literally videos in the documentary and mm -hmm. they're like all singing gospel music and praying around cecilia and then cecilia like gets possessed and ria and the others are trying to like get the demons out of her oh, and cecilia is literally on the floor like coughing up blood or what looks like blood i feel like it would be fake blood um and they literally inject her with morphine. Oh like, my there's, god! Yeah, there's like Rhea going like, "Get, get the morphine, get the morphine." Oh, that's a really bad South African accent. Well, I was actually it was more Australian, but get the yeah. morphine. No, just no. Carry Dreadful. on. Yeah, carry let's on. not do. Let's not do that. Carry on. So, um, at this point, Cecilia basically has created her own cult. Um, right. They look after her every single minute of the day. She because she spun them this story. She's like, "You need to be with me." all the time everywhere because otherwise i'm going to be attacked so they are around her all the time and they believe that they're saving her she's become this like messianic figure to them just right. wild so ria literally believed that cecilia had once like in her presence died for 20 minutes and she said that by praying she managed to bring cecilia back but when she did cecilia was really fucked off because apparently she'd been in heaven so now she was like back that's like buffy i know right it's almost as if it none of it's real yeah i mean yeah like yeah dead for 20 minutes no 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 bonkers so at this point the group around cecilia are just to break it down are ria who's like the leader mm -hmm. um a woman named candice who is ria's friend right. marinda stein and her two children larue and marcel and michaela and zach valentine okay. now candice is in the documentary and she talks about how being in service to cecilia like gave their lives fulfillment right. and they're basically given a mission to look after her and it fills a void and it really reminded me of um love has one and other mm, cults yeah. of like that kind of thing like you're on a mission and you're looking you know you've got to look after this person you're on a mission from god you know exactly to, you know, to save this person so it's like the people that um like preachers and stuff and you know like all these people that are like uh gays are going to burn in hell and stuff my i've <laughs> always thought to myself like why are you bothered because 
you're not going to burn in hell, according to you. But then I guess it's more about, like, they've been sent on this mission from God to save people's souls. Exactly, and it's, it's yeah, exactly. Excuse me, I'm just pouring some water. We'll leave that in. We'll leave that um, in. You know, we're humans. We need to, okay. you know. To stay hydrated. I mean, but yeah, you, left it's a, like... you left a sneeze in the one the other way. Oh, That's don't. Like... Awful. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it, it's kind of, you feel like, okay, I've been saved. I know the truth, so I need to spread it to everybody else. I need to tell, like, everybody else what's going on. Yeah, spread the gospel. Yeah. And Cecilia is, like, much like other cult leaders in that she's got this really strange sort of, like, charisma and hold over the people that are following her. Mm. And from the outside, you don't really, you know, you kind of look at it and you're like, how? I mean, you watch, like, if you know, if anybody actually goes and watches this documentary, you look at her and you're just like, how did this... How did this woman do it? Because she isn't charismatic to us on the outside, but to somebody that has that belief system and you've got somebody reinforcing the belief, I can see how she would be. But then you could say, how how would anyone do that? Like how could exactly. David, how could David Koresh do it? How could exactly David um, Koresh was a bloody good singer though, wasn't he? He um, was a great singer, but yeah. um, I mean, yeah. No. Well, she's also, Cecilia is also deeply narcissistic, right? Aren't they all, as, Well, yeah, exactly, as all cult leaders are. <laughs> yeah. And the people in the cult are starting to detach from their own lives, and she becomes the focus. Like, it's literally all about her. Yeah. But Rhea started a new course called Know Your Saviour, which was more focused on God than the occult. People right. were basically saying to her, like, Rhea, you're spending too much time, like, talking about Satan. You need to talk about God. Like, we don't need to know. We know our enemy. Let's talk about our saviour. Yeah. And she started it with a pastor named uh, Reginald Ben Dixon. Mm-hmm. And she started spending a lot more time with him. Yeah. And obviously this irked Cecilia yeah. because Cecilia is a narcissist mm-hmm. and she's not the focus of Rhea's attention anymore. Yeah. And Cecilia wasn't included in the Know Your Saviour course, which obviously to a narcissist is the biggest slap in the face you can get. Yeah. And things start to fall apart. Now, Candice also leaves Cecilia in this time and um, obviously desperate to keep the attention on her, Cecilia invents increasingly bizarre stories to keep Rhea close by. She created this story that this random person was her mom that had like kept her safe in the satanic church, but because Cecilia wasn't in the cult anymore, her mum had been sacrificed. And that the satanic church had this thing called maternal rights that you could transfer to someone else to be like your mother. So Cecilia transfers her maternal rights to Rhea. And the person that she said was her mum was like literally somebody she cut out of a magazine. Her real parents are like regular normal people that aren't involved in a satanic cult because it didn't exist. Um, But Rhea is starting to still like pull away a little bit, you know. And Cecilia really is not pleased, to say the least. And she begins to manipulate the others into pulling away from Rhea. It's like she's desperate to keep that attention. So she's like, all right, Rhea might be pulling away, but I can still keep Marinda and her kids and Michaela and Zach. Yeah. And she decides to give this group an official name. They call themselves Electus Padeus, which means chosen by God. And they end up getting Electus Padeus tattooed on them. And Cecilia uh, would get 
all of the followers to give her money. They call it like their tithes in the documentary. They right. handed over money to her by telling them that she was donating it to an orphanage. Okay, so in the documentary, journalist Jana Marks tells the story um, that Cecilia basically told the followers that in America there was an orphanage for the abandoned children um, of sat- like satanic cults, right? right? And that's where their money was going. But obviously that wasn't true, and that orphanage should not exist. Um, Zach was apparently giving her a hundred thousand rand a month, which is about six and a half thousand dollars. Jesus. Yeah, about five thousand pounds. That's a lot of cheddar, eh? I know, right? They've got amazing sway, you know, amazing sway on giving people, like getting people's money. Well, cults often yeah. do. Look, well, I mean. It's all a big money-making, isn't it, really? Yeah, most of it usually is. Mm-hmm. Um, so despite pulling away, Cecilia continued to basically terrorise Rhea. And one night she appeared outside one of her meetings covered in blood and she was claiming to have been stabbed by witches. And this time Rhea is also stalked and sent messages saying that unless she comes back to Cecilia, Cecilia would be under attack by those satanic witches. Now, Rhea tries to meet up with the group without Cecilia, but that night petrol bombs explode in the parking lot that they were trying to meet in and um, someone tries to burn down the church that belonged to one of her followers, which is wild, yeah. yeah. So helping Rhea present some of her courses at the time was a woman named Natasha Berger. And she was um, deeply, deeply religious. And according to her father, her passion was helping people. Um, She was an attorney. She was very young. She was was in her early 20s. Um, And she knew Cecilia. And during this time, Rhea is still in contact with Cecilia and still kind of believes her despite all this stuff but she is trying to focus more on like her religious teaching so she is doing that pulling away thing but there's still a connection there Mm, mm. now this is where it gets a bit weird so natasha wrote a natasha knew about this like satanic orphanage thing that cecilia was telling people existed and natasha wrote a prayer for the children that were orphaned there and um it was called the dangerous prayer and Rhea had used this prayer in one of her teachings and Cecilia found out about it and she told her followers that because of this prayer 170 children in the orphanage had died what so hold on hold on so the, the the prayer was to benefit the children. Well, it was like this prayer. Yeah, basically, it was like this prayer. It was like a dangerous prayer, and it was talking about like these these children that were in this orphanage. Mm. And then, like, because Cecilia is basically like anybody that's that's with Ria is is becoming like an enemy. To right. Her. Okay. Okay. So she basically she's now she's telling her followers that are in Electus Padeus, mm. that which is Michaela Zach. Uh, Marinda, LaRue and Marcel and, right. and a couple of other people that are anonymous mm. they, they're they like anonymous for their own protection yeah um, she's telling them that because of the prayer 170 children have died and she basically begins to spin it that Natasha is like really dangerous and that she's evil right. and she tells them that Natasha needs to be killed oh god and 
Yeah. So she essentially spins it that Natasha is like working in cahoots with Satan and that killing her is going to be a good thing. Like it's going to be justified. Right. Okay. So Marinda, her daughter Marcel and Zach and Michaela drive to Natasha's house and Marcel knocks on the door. Marcel is super fucking young she's like 14 right marcel knocks on the door and tries to get natasha to open up but natasha was like skeptical Mm. right like Mm. she was Mm. like i'm not opening the door she apparently according to her dad she felt like she was under attack so she didn't open up and they decided to change their tacks a little bit and they decided to target natasha's neighbor joy bousier next um, and on the 26th of July, 2012, they arrived at Joy's home. So Joy, Joy's like in, they live in like the same apartment complex, basically. Right, okay. So they told Joy that they were Natasha's friends and that they were there to surprise her for, a, for her birthday. Now Joy lets them into her apartment and once they're inside, they change their story. They tell Joy that she needs to write a note to Natasha getting her to come to her to Joy's apartment immediately once she gets home. And the note that Joy re- wrote um, reads, Natasha, please come see me urgently, Tanny J, which is like Auntie Joy. Yeah. Um, so Zach murdered Joy. She was 68 years old. And in the words of her nephew, she was a beautiful person. She was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. She was really beloved in the place where she lived. She was a really big animal lover. She had her own dog and she looked after other people's animals in the building. After murdering her, Zach and Michaela sat down in her living room and waited for Natasha, who soon came knocking after getting the note. Why did they murder her? Why did they murder Joy? Yeah. I mean, I don't really have a motive. They were, oh. Well, they were going to murder Natasha anyway. Okay. So, they, I, in the documentary, they, they said something like they saw Joy as like collateral damage. Right, basically, okay. Yeah. Which is horrifying. Awful. But that's yeah. how they saw it. Yeah. Um, so, after Joy's murder, Zach and Michaela sat down in her living room and they waited for Natasha, who had seen the note. And Zach murdered Natasha, who was still holding the note that Joy had been forced to write in her hand. He puts the knife that he used to murder both of them in a plastic bag, but the knife pierces the bag, which leaves blood drops all the way up to where his car was parked. They kind of knew that he'd driven away. Mm. Now, immediately, the cops suspect that Joy and Natasha's murders are linked to the occult, and the reason why is because they found Rhea's course books in Natasha's apartment and candles in Joy's apartment. (gasps) Candles? I know. Shocking. Definitely a devil worshipper. Absolutely. But obviously... This isn't an occult killing. This is a killing that's motivated by satanic panic, right? Mm. Like this fear of the occult, religious extremism and one woman's narcissism. But murdering Joy and Natasha wasn't enough and Cecilia targeted Pastor Reginald Bendixson next. The same pastor that was helping Rhea with her Know Your Saviour courses. So she's basically going after everyone that Rhea was involved with. Yes, exactly. Everyone. So Rhea gets a text that says, I hope you said goodbye to Reg and if you want to talk about it, 
we are outside in a white BMW. And Rhea started to get a bunch of these texts. She thankfully didn't go outside and talk to them. Mm. But she started to get a lot of like these threatening text messages. And she got she was getting these ones that were about um, the Reginald Bendixson. Now, Cecilia told her followers that it was Reginald's fault that Rhea was pulling away from them and that they needed to murder him. Now, within the cult, Zach had kind of built this kind of favouritism for himself with Cecilia because he had been the one to murder Joy and Natasha. And this kind of starts this battle between the followers for Cecilia's attention and approval, Mm. which is like one thing that cult leaders will always do is they'll kind of like play you off against the other people that you're around. It's like this psychological thing so this time marinda volunteers herself to be the one to kill someone and she brings her daughter marcel along who was 14 oh at my the time God. as well as zach zach comes as well yeah so they formulate a plan that they will tell reginald that they are police investigating the murder of natasha and joy mm. and they literally have uniforms on like they have police uniforms And they confront him outside of his home on August 13th, 2012, where Zach attacks him with an axe and Marinda stabs him multiple multiple times. Like, it is absolutely harrowing, harrowing, horrifyingly brutal murder Mm -hmm. on the front lawn of his home. Um, He was 75 years old. I I tried to look for like a lot of information on it. I really couldn't find any and his family weren't in the documentary. Um mm. so I'm assuming that they um probably want privacy. Um yeah. but yeah I couldn't find I couldn't find much about him. Mm-hmm. Um but his murder is instantly linked to the murders of Joy and Natasha as they are all connected to overcomers through Christ and Rhea. Yeah. So those investigating start to suspect that Cecilia could be involved as like the news of the fracture between Rhea and Cecilia has started spreading between like these mutual like you know church people people yeah. that know them. So the police spoke to her Cecilia right. and other members um of uh overcomers through christ they also speak to ria and ria specifically says that she believes cecilia could be involved somehow now cecilia is interviewed at her apartment and the interviewer said that instead of sitting on the couch she sat on like the back rest of it like on top of the couch almost and he said that it was like kind of like a way to try and intimidate him that's what he said but she's not arrested or anything like that because there's obviously nothing connecting her to the crime and on top of that um ria is the one that's being treated as a suspect by the police. So on the day of Reginald's funeral, Rhea calls one of the investigators and said that she had found a parcel on her doorstep that contained raw meat with a note attached that said, this is all the doggies left you. Here is a piece of your precious Reggie. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was just raw meat, but it was like... That's still fucked up. Horrifying, absolutely horrifying. Um, And in the documentary, Candice, who we spoke about earlier, who left the group, said that when she saw that in the newspaper she had no doubt that it was Cecilia who had written it Mm. like she was like I just know that that was her so the police searched the properties and vehicles of Rhea, Marinda and Cecilia and they took a bunch of stuff including like knives and axe, laptops cell phones and they sent it all to their forensics department now on the laptops they found photographs of petrol bombs and they also found pictures of Zach Valentine and Cecilia um, and the others where they 
they had like contact lenses in and fangs right. and the cops said that they looked like Satan worshippers but to <clears> me <throat> they looked like something you'd see on like vampire freaks back in 2006 yeah I mean I'm looking at that picture now one of them has a t-shirt yeah. that says I heart biters yeah yeah so maybe they were just big Twilight fans a very very strange looking photograph mm. um, so the cops dig around and they speak to Michaela's mum who tells them that Michaela called her in August, um, very anxious, talking about how there had been murders and she wanted to know if her mum knew of a good lawyer. And her mum told the police and they get a warrant to search the premises. Mm. Two days after they receive the warrant, the police are informed that there has been a murder at Michaela and Zach's home. Right. So on the 4th of October 2012, Michaela Valentine was found stabbed 63 times in her bed. And the police found that there were Bible verses written on the wall. Oh my God. Crazy. Like, incredibly brutal murder. And there's a really harrowing interview with Michaela's mum who Mm. just, like, breaks down talking about the level of brutality that was involved. Yeah. In the months and weeks leading up to Michaela's murder, people talk about how she was probably trying to leave Electus Padeus. Right. Um, there had been three murders at this point. Mm. She's already spoken to her mum about getting a lawyer. She was very anxious. She'd kind of retreated from the world. How old is Michaela? She was very young. I think like late 20s. Right, okay. Very, uh, I think late 20s. Mm. Um... So from the outside world, it looked like Zach had just returned home from work and found Michaela dead. But this was totally planned. He put sleeping medication in her morning coffee to make sure that she was still in bed when Marinda and Marcel arrived to murder her. Marinda stabbed Michaela and passed the knife to Marcel. Again, 14 years old. Marcel allegedly stabbed her once and then couldn't go through with it. Mm. Zach had basically planned it that the estate agents would meet him at the house that day to arrange selling the house and he was with them when they found Michaela. It was literally all planned. Mm. Um, And Zach was kind of able to feign shock and horror in front of them despite knowing exactly what had happened and being part of the planning. But when the cops showed up, they said that he was very calm. He didn't really appear to be that shaken up about it. Mm. Kind of like Laurie Vallow type vibes. Michaela's murder was linked to that of Natasha, Joy and Reginald. And both the cops and the media were focused on the so-called links to Satanism and the occult. And in the documentary, one of the investigators said that um, a colonel who was on the case, whose name is bleeped out for some reason, basically misled him by having him focus on demons and Satan instead of an actual criminal investigation. Mm. And that the focus on Satanism was basically a smokescreen. Now, during this time, there is a witness in the documentary referred to as Mr. X, and he is a friend of Rhea, um, and he knows Cecilia, and he kind of becomes part of Cecilia's ministry, Electus Padeus, but he's not involved in the murders, right? Right. And he rents, he ends up like renting a room from Zach in Krugersdorp, 
and he says that it's weird like post like Michaela's murder he never really saw he never saw Zach like crying or being upset about it and he says that like Cecilia took a bit of a liking to him this anonymous Mr X and invited him into their inner circle and eventually she tells him about the murders allegedly laughing about it and Zach also bragged to him about the murders but Cecilia wasn't done targeting Rhea and the next person to come into her crosshairs was the closest person to her which was her own son Joshua and that's the end of the first part of the Krugersdorp killings what a way to end it I'm literally like what happened next it's it's actually insane and it really does only get more intense and strange from here on out so yeah i do just want to end this episode with a quote from a blog that i was reading that we will link to um about cecilia mm-hmm. and it's written by lee a uh, person called lee botha and they mm-hmm. say that cecilia stein would have had a hell of a lot more trouble maintaining such absolute control over her cohort if she didn't have the culture of christian deliverance against which to paint herself as first victim then martyr and finally messenger my fear is many of the churches and religious groups who rightly should be doing introspection about the kind of culture they encourage in their communities will take this as evidence of the devil and satanism it's worth pointing out that stein's cult was a christian one but perhaps these churches like stein are too pleased to keep using the devil as a sock puppet to disguise and enable environments rife with narcissism spiritual abuse and manipulation Mm. i thought that was just like it's a very good quote i was just yeah i mean i was thinking about when you said about the um about the i think it was the policeman or something saying about Mm. the the being the devil worship stuff was kind of yeah. like a smoke screen. It's yeah. like if you're it doesn't matter whether someone worshiped the devil or not. Exactly. You need to find out who killed that person. Regardless exactly. of do you know what I mean? And it's like I think the thing with a lot of occult stuff, mm. like going way back to our first episode about mm. um that when they went in and they found um like candles and masks yeah. and they were all like, Oh my god, it must be a cult. It's like yeah. No, people can not. like people can like stuff like Exactly. I, I well won't... it's like and and it's like the Cecilia Stein character and we'll get more into it in part 2 because there are seven more murders Jesus. after this. That's it. It just made it, it the the th- one thing that always like And it's not and it's not even just it's not even just set, like it sounds bad not just seven more murders but it's like the time as well because we're in like 2012 at this point Mm. this spans up to 2016 yeah it's it's fucking baffling but it's exactly like that quote said she had total control over them it was a total christian cult it was like this the idea of like satanism and devil worships like Mm. fucking skewing these cops minds yeah to the point where, like, you know, I think oh, that that that's, that's really I think that's wild. the thing. It's um, oh, I don't know. I think a lot of people like we we were somewhere and um, we were at an event in a church, me and you, mm. and we heard someone say, um, "You should you shouldn't like you should fear God, but you shouldn't no. fear God like you fear your father." And it's like <laughs> that just. why do you want to why do you want to be in fear exactly like why does 
I think that's the thing about about. Um, but that's how they keep control. Exactly. I think that's the thing that's always got me. It's always been like. I thought God was supposed to love everyone and be yeah. all, all love, all encompassing. Yet you're supposed to be terrified of going against anything he doesn't agree with. But then exactly. I thought he loved you unconditionally anyway. They also, you know, they link it in with other things that fundamentally as Christian churches will class as deviant behaviour, mm. such as being like LGBTQ. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and and that kind of gets pushed in with like the idea of like Satanism and it's like deviancy, right? Yeah, it's it's just I mean, I could go down a whole thing about uh religion and homosexuality. I mean yeah. w- one of the things that just goes to show is uh, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of, you know, devout hardcore Christians saw AIDS as punishment to exactly. gay people. Exactly. And it's just like it, it the, the connecting that deviant behavior is being gay is not deviant but yes. and the thing is as well one thing sorry i'm going down the whole bible thing about Do being it. gay it's mistranslated mm-hmm. it's been mistranslated to yeah. say that homosexuality is wrong there are so many scholars that have speak spoken about it and said no 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 it, it, the whole line of thou shall not lie with thy brother like thy, mm. thy wife they don't mean that they mean it, it's to do with pedophilia right so, but people have, it's been rewritten to suit the narrative of the straight white man. Yeah, well, obviously. You know? Everything. But that's what, that's the whole thing. And that's what I wanted to, like, set the scene of at the beginning is, like, this idea of, um, it, it, it's often, and I found this a lot recently because I've been working on this video about Bohemian Grove. And obviously Alex Jones um, was a big part of, like, spreading these ideas of there's child sacrifice going mm. on at Bohemian Grove and there's this deviant behaviour and it's all satanic, blah, 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 blah. And it's no surprise, he's a right-wing, almost fundamentalist Christian. Yeah, yeah. And that's the kind of shit he pushes, you know. There's chemicals in the water that's making the frogs gay. Like, all that yeah. kind of shit, you know. Like, and let, it, You know what? Let the frogs be gay. If the frogs want to be gay, let them be gay. Exactly. I, I mean, like having chemicals in the water that makes the frogs gay. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I wish we had fluoride in our water like America, because then we'd all have better teeth. Oh, my God. <laughs> but anyway, that no, was part... I, that was part one. Yeah, it's very intriguing. I'm very interested in where it's gonna go. Yeah, it's gonna go go off. I really, <laughs> I really enjoy like um, religious cult things. Like, Me do you know too. what I mean? Be- Me too. Like, I recently watched a show on Netflix called Midnight Mass. I've heard about this. Yeah, it's directed and written by the same guy who did The Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor. Right. That guy. Now, it's a slow burn, but I highly recommend it. It's it's really good. It gets really good. And that's all about a really small community that are really religious and they all go to church. And it's all about how, like, I'm not going to give any spoilers away because I know you want to watch it and there's people that Mm -hmm. haven't watched it. But it's all about how, like, you can look at something, right, that is Mm -hmm. obviously, obviously not holy, right? Mm -hmm. But you, because you want to believe in the higher power of God you will think of it as holy because that, like okay. you were saying earlier about being coerced because if you want to believe something bad enough i mean i'll liken it to like we've discussed this the other day when we were at the pub with health anxiety right mm-hmm. when you think oh my god i've got a headache it's a brain tumor you will google it until you find reinforce. it saying yeah. uh, you want to reinforce you want to reinforce your own 
thoughts of do you know what I mean absolutely and, it's and your similar. own worldview as well yeah and it's similar in that like like about this show like I'm saying they want to believe that something that's inherently evil mm. is actually a sign from God because totally. they want it to be so badly like these people yeah. in this story Cecilia has basically made them believe that Rhea is now bad because she hasn't followed her but they want to believe in cecilia so much and believe in god and a higher power that mm-hmm. they'll do anything for her they'll murder for her totally and it's kind of like okay th- this is a bit of a controversial one but mm. it's kind of like um you know like waco right yeah. david koresh they mm-hmm. saw him as like th- this messiah figure yeah. and obviously i don't condone anything that the fbi and the atf ever did at waco just want to no. make that very clear they massacred people there yes. but it was almost like them coming in like that and like you know the siege on waco mm. reinforced their belief yeah that david koresh he must be like this important figure because all these people are coming in after him. Yeah, right? exactly. It's like, like again, like putting a devout Christian at the head of the satanic occult mm. division. Yeah. Do you know exactly. what I mean? You're not going to get a, a a atheist that would say, well, you know, it's, exactly. it's not going to be the devil because... You've already taken rational exist. thought out exactly. of it by saying, like... It's biased. It's yeah, being biased. It's like... It's like an inquest into the death of Diana, Princess of Wales, being run by the royal family. Exactly. Joe, it's really interesting. I saw on Twitter, I haven't really looked into it, but I, I do, I'm going to mention it anyway. Do it, do Somebody it. Somebody posted up this, like, this, um, this, like, Twitter thread of, like, Jonestown. Do you remember Jones? You know, yeah, Jonestown, yeah, yeah, right? Jonestown, yeah. Of Jonestown being, like, this CIA like because obviously there was like cia people that were involved there and there was a there was like a there was intelligence i can't remember so much the details but somebody got shot there it was like a government officer who come out to see it and and somebody basically compiled all of this information together that basically says like jim jones was a communist Right. right that wanted to create like his own like communist state like uh, in Jonestown, okay, and and there f- and and that Jonestown apparently then became like a testing ground for like CIA mind control. I haven't read it, but it looks interesting. But then I did see something that was debunking it. But oh, I think it, I don't know. But then it, why did it, it, why did he kill everyone? Well, because it was it's a well apparently it was like about how far. Right. You could take something. So like it's that. kind of like MK Ultra. <gasps> yeah. No, yeah, exactly. And that basically saying that like Jonestown was like a testing ground for that. But again, I don't I don't know I again I haven't looked into it that no. much. It's but Jonestown, I think it was interesting. Is Jonestown the one where they all wear the all wore the same trainers? No, that's Heaven's Gate. That's Heaven's Gate, that's it. Yeah. Which one's the Kool-Aid? Jonestown. Uh, yes, but it wasn't Kool-Aid, it was, uh, Flavor-Aid. Oh. But then, okay, but then in another thing that I saw about Jonestown, yeah. it was basically that they, somebody was saying, and again, this is on, like, a Twitter thread that I saw, mm. but apparently there was, like, it, a lot of people didn't die from the, the Flavor-Aid there, they died through, like, being shot. Again, wow. I don't, I need to do more research before I talk about this, but there was definitely... There's a hundred percent for a fact there was CIA involvement oh, yeah. in Jonestown, a hundred percent. But to mm. what level? Who knows? I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, you do see some very strange things on Twitter. 
congressman that was it was a person a, a congressman called Leo Ryan no. was murdered along with four other people um, at Jonestown. Well, he was right. actually murdered at an airstrip. Okay. Anyway, we're going deep into cults. We are, and I was just saying that you do see some weird things on Twitter. Mm. Like, but this I... was like, this was like a you know, it was it was. I'm going to read. I'm going to go from read it. It's very long. Do it. Do it. Do it. Give us an update next week. I was just, you know, I was segueing into the weird thing I sent you from Twitter earlier. Oh my god, yes. So I was on Twitter earlier, and as a gay man, I follow lots of gay men, and lots of gay men like to tweet gay porn. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just casually scrolling through Twitter, looking at memes, reading jokes, whatever, and then I there's a videos playing of basically, let's say, oh my god, gay sex. Right? Why'd you say it like that? Like it's so controversial. (laughs) It's pornography. Porn. Gay porn. And the guy looked exactly like Charlie Day. Yeah. From It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I I cropped it out so you couldn't see any penetration. Um, But literally, I was like, oh my God. And then I realised the guy's Twitter handle is Charlie Gay. <laughs> it's so just, he's just making he's just, just making, making his life off of that now. He's just like, oh, I kind of look like him. So yeah, I'm gonna go for it. I mean, I've always found Charlie Day to be quite attractive, so I may have to check out his page. Oh my god! Anyway, go to, go uh, to his only fan. Oh no, I wouldn't pay for it. <laughs> um, so moving on, I think it's time for us to take a break. I think it is. Don't you? Yes. So you know, I've actually just unbeknownst to myself well not unbeknownst to myself but like seamlessly segued into the take a break this week is called um it is called potato or porno right <laughs> so okay this is from uh an, ep- an edition of real people okay and here we go so veggie sarah happily cooked up her fella's privates it says okay right you ready so this is this is from um, Sarah from Tunbridge Wells, Kent. Oh, hmm, not too far. Local, local girl, Kent girl. So Sarah says, giving it a squeeze, I lowered an avocado into the trolley. Oh, and grab a bag of sweet potatoes. I said to my partner Dominic. You always have to give that avocado a squeeze. Always. Anyway, so. <laughs> She says, I'd become a bit of a lapsed vegan over the past few years, not wanting to make a fuss at dinner parties, so I called myself a flexitarian. Okay. I'd interspersed days eating meat and weeks without. If It, it was easier, too, for making dinner for my kids. Ugh. Right. Um, so a few days on, the kids were upstairs, and um, her and her security guard boyfriend, Dominic, were pottering around in the kitchen, pondering on what to have for dinner. Okay. What do you fancy, he asks, heading into the cupboards. Oh, sweet potato chips, I grinned. Not up for meat that day. (sighs) So we got out the bag, tugged open the plastic and howled with laughter. What is it? I asked. But he couldn't breathe for guffawing. (laughs) Love a good guffaw. Love a good guffaw. What I demanded. He held up one of the sweet spuds. Oh my. Today was meant to be a veg day, but it looked like meat and two of them. Oh, my God. I fell about two, sizing up our pornographic potato. Three inches long and two around. Oh, it's a nice big one, that one. Uh, joke. It was a grower, not a shower. With its wrinkly skin tone, flesh looked rather relaxed. I've never seen anything so real in my life, I hooted, wiping tears from my eyes. Brandishing the todger, ta- the todger tatty, Dominic rushed upstairs to show his her children. Beautiful. Um, what does this look like? I smirked, waving around. Little Hattie, blissfully ignorant. 
The older three immediately clocked it. There's a sweet potato giant out there missing this, I giggled to my girl's delight. Um, it's a bit. Yeah. It's a bit on the nose, isn't it? Yeah. So Dominic took a picture and posted it to Facebook when it went viral. And one woman commented saying, reminds me of my ex. Of course it went viral on Facebook. Mm. Someone said, this is why I went vegan. You know, <gasps> pulling the knife from the drawer, right? right. Sarah placed uh, placed their rude root on the chopping board and she gave it a whack. Off came his hat. <laughs> a huge great slice carved from the top. Would-be circumciser Ella was in hysterics. So she circumcised a potato. I just, this is like, somebody wrote this. Mm. And I'm reading it. Yeah, I know. Why am I reading it? (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, So, in a few swift slices, our shocking spud became chips. How did he taste, you ask? Willy nice. Oh, I thought she was going to say salty. Ew. (laughs) Oh, you're vile. But, so that was the... um, well, well, that was that was, that was truly a, something, that story, wasn't it? That was um, an awful choice, not going to lie. Truly. Um, sweet potato dick, basically. Well, very on brand for me, isn't it? You Love know? that. Very on brand. So, um, next week is part two. Very excited to le- learn more yeah. um, about the Krugersdorp killings. Mm-hmm. And if we don't see you through the week... We'll see you through the window. Bye, guys. Bye.